This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Ona Louise. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. It is my honor and my absolute pleasure. So I know Ona as Jonathan mm-hmm. um, through your soul style, Jenny. Jenny hooks it up. Jenny knows what's up. So the first time I ever had a stylist was with Jenny and and you were her assistant. Yeah. And you showed me how to like dress myself after the pandemic, which was like a That was whole... super fun. It was really fun and life-changing. I, I didn't realize how, and you could probably, you know this better than anyone, how really life-changing it is to look like myself on the outside. I'm like, I am fabulous. I am like full of life. And then I'm wearing sweatpants all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was really cool to be reflected, you know, out in the street, you know, like, oh yeah, you are who you say you are. And uh, so thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, that was super fun. And that was like a, a photo shoot in its own thing too. It was like a multi- we did a lot of things that day. That yeah. Fun. Yeah. It was really sweet. It's, yeah. It lives on her website. In case anyone's wondering. Mm. It's uh, sponsored by. <laughs> sponsored by your soul style. Um, meanwhile, I'm wearing a Rent the Runway. Um, I'm also well, also obsessed with Rent the Runway. And I style for them, too. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Can you give me a rundown of who you are, Ona? Um, I'm here now. Um mm. I'm Ona Louise. I am a fabulous drag artist in New York City. Mm. And I do many things, including styling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work for Drag Story Hour as well. As the executive director? I, yes, I am. I'm the Chris Jenner oh. of the drag queens. <laughs> Snap to that. <laughs> How did you get into this art form? Um you know, uh, just being a queer young human. Um, as a young boy, I always loved expressing creativity with like outfits and drama and, mm. you know, tearing down the the curtains and the bed sheets and making interesting outfits. Um, apparently you can make money off of that. Wait, you life. did that as a child? Yeah. Like, you would just like dress up all the yeah. time? Making capes and, you know, and all kinds of Roman robes and I loved doing my um, uh, Princess Leia, you know, white dress situation. So, yeah. Did you dre- did you wear dresses as a child? Not like seriously. It's just like fun. You know, you just pop in your Beauty and the Beast uh, cassette tape and you go to town with your with your uh, costumes. Not so. as serious as this. This is serious. I mean, or is this fun? This is gonna be as serious or fun as you want it to be. Um, Both to me. It's seriously fun. Is it's what it is. Seriously fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So then, when did you actually become Ona Louise? I guess, like, I mean, drag is so different for everybody. But I feel like when you do drag for the first time, you're either one or two types of drag performers. You're either like a Halloween queen, where you like get dressed in drag for Halloween once. And you're okay. like, oh, yeah, like, I love drag. I'm going to do it. Or someone asks you to do it for, like, a college show or, like, a benefit or, like, a high school thing or, like, to raise money or awareness for something. And I was a Halloween queen. And okay. I did Lana Del Rey <sighs> in 2000. I'm like, 
nine or ten or something. She's really cute. Um, and she was really, she was like really hot in like the moment, <laughs> like ten years ago. So, um, yeah, Where'd I was she like, go? where are you? She's Lana? still around. She just came out with an album. It's super depressing as usual, and I love yeah, it. summertime sadness, baby. Yeah. Well, so she, so she, that really changed things for you. You were like, I love being, I love being Lana right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, this is like powerful. Like you take on, you know, like you said, like you take on different attributes when you're dressed up and so when you look different, you yeah. get more confident or maybe more outspoken or your humor changes, you know. Do you feel different. different? Like you're in an alter ego. I mean, you have a totally different name. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun to kind of, um, escape, escape yourself, like your everyday situation and throw on something fun and, you know, be someone else for a little bit. So what does, um, a drag artist, like what's your day to day? Do you perform in the evenings mostly? Well, that's the great thing about working for story hour is I hardly ever do nightlife, which oh. is amazing because I'm, cause you get tie tie. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the 1900s. <laughs> I am an elder millennial. I don't do, I do a 9 p.m. in bed watching, you know. Mm, reality TV. Or I just swipe on my phone. I'm really boring like oh. that. Like, I'm the person, you know, like in the self-help world where they're like, stop doing that. And I'm like, I can't stop. I'm a, I'm a doom like scroller. like scrolling. People giving me advice about shit I didn't ask for. I love it. My favorite thing is watching people do things I would never do. Like mm. deep clean the refrigerator. Never. I loved. I I could watch a three hour video of someone like cleaning a rug. Right. Wow. I would Interesting. Love that. And Is it me like meanwhile, it's like a super like <laughs> looks like an SVU unit like episode <laughs> with like wigs and heels everywhere around my room. But um. But someone's rug is clean, and you feel good about. I'm like yeah. Having watched that. Yeah, it's it's the Virgo in me. I just love. I'm a Virgo. Oh. When are you born? What's your birthday? Um. To September 16th. I'm September 6th. 2005. 2000. Oh my God, there are people that were born in 2005. <laughs> That's crazy. It's real. Wait, and then wait, when's yours? Um, mine is September 6th, 1984. Okay. Yeah. So I'm quite a bit older than you. Well, not quite a bit, but uh, <laughs> we might have been in high school together. May or may not. Not actually. Where did you no, grow up? I mean, not, not. Tell me your origin story. Where'd you oh grow up? Oh my God. I grew up in, up, oh, obviously gotta, in Georgia. We got to make a. sheep earring is just popping out. So you yeah. were, you grew up in Atlanta, Georgia? Well, not Atlanta, like outside of Atlanta. Like right. Because if it was Atlanta, those earrings wouldn't pop out. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Reading, reading a drag queen. I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, just out in sticks, little 90s, 80s, 90s, little gay boy. And I ran off to New York at 21 and never looked back. Were you an out gay boy in the 80s and 90s? I mean, I was, I mean, if I was doing Hard pr Princess Leia as a kid, I was pretty like, pretty out there as far as like, you could definitely know I was, was gay. But, um, no, I mean, I, it's very interesting. I am, half my family is Jewish. The other half mm. is Southern Baptist. Oh, wow. So I'm in therapy. That's a lot of um, religion. Oh. That's a lot. Praise be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to church like two times a week, praising, praising the Lord, praising that sky daddy for wow. a long time. Yeah. So that sky daddy. That sky daddy. 
And then how um, did that work out for you? Well, here I am on a <laughs> sofa in a dress. Um, and before this, you were in at like Good Morning America. Yeah, I mean, you've been making the rounds, babe. Yeah, I I don't know, like um, it's been a it's been a journey. I mean, I feel like the great thing, not the great thing, but the thing about church, is, especially like in the South, is like. It's one of the only places where you can find community, right? Like you have a youth yes. group service, you yes. have stuff for adults and people for singles and married folks. Like there's such community in a church like realm or like a, um, what, what are they called? Like a congression? What's the? Congregation. Congregation. Yeah. And that's like the only kind of form of community you get growing up. So, you know, that's what I gravitated to. But I've is, been. Is there a community? Sorry, you were going to say? No, yeah. And I just kind of got burned you know, by them for not being... For being yourself. Yeah. So. Is there community in, in the gay community? and in, oh, in yeah. The, in the drag community? Yeah, I feel like... They're like, like a tight-knit sort of family system? Definitely feel like I've made chosen family in New York City and found community within the queer community. Mm. And, like, that's where... That's where my congregation lies. It's the mm. house of drag. I love that. Where we, where we worship Dolly Parton. Love Dolly. Every, every day. Every day? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's, um, it, I don't know, it's just like been a journey and um, it's just great to surround yourself with people that love and accept you for who you are mm -hmm. and love the journey you on and aren't afraid of you changing or mm. finding your truth. Yeah. And that was not the case growing up in the church. Because once you deviate from, like, the vision or the book is when it's not good, you know? Not good, like, you get in trouble? Yeah, like, you know, like, when you're – there was, like, explicit um, youth services about, like, you know, you're going to die of AIDS and go to hell. Like, mm. that was, like, the rhetoric. So I was like, oh, I don't want it. I don't want that. <laughs> so – um, you know, none you, of us want that. No. So you like, you know, you you shut down and repress parts of yourself that you think are shameful or wrong. And Scary. When yeah. And then when you're told that for years, it's hard to unlearn things. Mm. So, yeah. But you're you seem pretty self-expressed these days. Yeah. I mean, you got it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I moved to New York at 21. I really wanted to explore the world. I knew that what my surroundings was giving me was I knew there was more out there. I was like, there mm. has to be. Mm. It's like, I'm way too like creative and like too out of the box for these people. Like I have to see the world and see what's out there. Yeah. You're a real artist. Yeah. And then I came to New York and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> because we get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when did you start performing for drag story hour? I was the first drag queen to read in New York City in 2016. Have you been to the Greenlight Bookstore in Williamsburg? Oh, yes. That was the first place I did drag. Oh, cool. Or a drag story hour. But you were doing drag for like for nightlife then before you got old? Uh, I was doing <laughs> Before I got old. I was doing like a 7 p.m. bingo for charity. So I've never been a nightlife queen. But um, yeah, so it felt it worked really well into like my schedule. I loved, loved working with kids. I was like, great, I can do like 11 a.m. Mm. situation and take the drag off. I was like, this is great. So, What is the mission of the Drag Story Hour? Um, our, you know, Drag Story Hour is exactly like it sounds. It's drag 
queens and kings that read to kids in public schools and libraries. And we just um, want to create a safe space for kids to see themselves and to see themselves reflected in books and characters mm. and just be, you know, bright lights of change in their communities when they grow up. When you read the books um, that you do read, mm-hmm. are they specifically geared towards um, gay and like the LGBTQ issues or is it just in general it's just i think the clear representation is the story reader in front of you i think like actually i have some treats for you Mm. i've i've brought you some books for your kids i actually was i I have b for baby by rachel when she sent it to me i wanted to to be like Ah. yeah this is this is for you i feel like it's it's really nice that everyone was is like this is a book for you, babe. B for bagel. This is great. It is. I love a bagel. So, so you have like, I'm a New you York have like 10 Jew. It's a real thing. I love it so I much. I mean, you know, like we read all kinds of different books. They don't have to be so on the nose about whatever. Like queerness. Yeah. I mean, like our the books we read, our characters, um, they're all about diversity and inclusion and equity and equality. And that can happen in like a number of books. Mm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, the only books we kind of don't read is books that kind of focus on bullying or things that could teach kids. Like, to bully. Yeah. Because there, there's a lot of great books out there. Like Sparkle Boy is great. Um, Morris Micklewire and the Tangerine Dress. Those are amazing books. But they also introduce bullying to the character. Yeah, I always had, right. I always had a question about that with when it comes to kids and like literature. It's like, there are these books about like a dinosaur throwing things at his parents. Like, I don't want to get dressed and I don't want, and I'm like, uh, I know you're trying to teach the kid not to do that. But if my kids are not doing that yet, and maybe he will one day, yeah. like, am I teaching him to throw stuff at yeah. me <laughs> I mean, when I, he doesn't want to clean his room? I mean, I think they're like great books. If you're trying, if the kids already, you know, that's happening. Yeah. And a kid is being bullied in that's school. Right, and right. you're like, okay, like let's introduce this book. Right. But just like a cold story hour reading where you don't know where everyone's coming from, it's like we try to keep it a positive experience. So how long are the um, shows? Our story hours are like 45 minutes or like an hour long. You know, like a regular kind of library story time that you go to. And the age range of the kids? I mean, whoever shows up. I mean, our signature programming is like three to Mm eight-year-olds. But we work with like middle schools. We do book clubs. We go to high schools and do GSA and drama club visits. Mm. We do stuff with senior citizens. Beautiful. Um, We work with kids with autism and other special needs. So we have like a special trained training that our storytellers go through um, to work with that community too. So we do like a lot of cool stuff. And how do you think that being in drag, you know, you're part of the LGBTQ like community. Yeah when you're not in drag also, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you came to the library or a public school and read to kids, you would be representative I'm of the community. S- I'm still a drag queen whether I'm in drag or not. Uh, I'm still an artist, you know what I mean? Yes. But um, why why is it important to be in drag, do you think? I think drag is it's a cornerstone in an art form of the queer community. Mm. And we have a history in drag and trans people have always stood up and been the leaders of the queer community. And it's just really important for kids to experience otherness at a younger age. So when they grow up, they're well-adjusted and people can have more um, compassion over comprehension. You don't Mm -hmm. need to understand everything about somebody to have compassion for them. 
So if kids see um, a drag performer or something that looks different than them, they can embrace it and like um, accept diversity for what it is mm. and move on with their life. Like, I you know. Mean, you're also fully self-expressed, right? Yeah. So like when I see you, I, I'm smiling. I see colors. I see a, lo a lot it's of bright like, it's sparkles. Like a I see character. a person. Exactly. I yeah. see a person who's like happy yeah. in their skin. I mean, that that's got to add to the performance and to the experience of the child themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really great to see live performance. I don't think kids experience theater or live performance enough. And I think drag is a great way to introduce over-the-top creative, like, fun and mm. magic. Mm. And seeing an adult express themselves outside of the box and to do things that defy gender or things that you're not supposed to do or colors not supposed to wear, it, like, unlocks doors and windows to kids to kind of see, like, oh, like, it's all about play. They just – kids just want to, like, play and – try stuff it doesn't mean any more than what it is and what what's the reaction when you read to them i mean the kids love it i think they're more kind of obsessed about like oh like how do you get glitter to stick to your face and is that your real name and is that your real hair and like how do you walk in those shoes it's just it's more about the um aesthetics like the kids are really interested in the aesthetics of drag and how it all comes together, which is very interesting. How, what, how do you mean? Tell me more. Like, you know, you don't usually don't see people in your life. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm from the South, so a lot of, like, Southern women probably look like this on a regular basis. Honestly, but... wait, but that's a real thing. Yeah. I, I actually, there are some people online that I follow, like, that are from the South, and I'm like, I actually don't know if they're in drag or that... I, I'm not sure because. Yeah. I mean, Southern women are the draggiest people ever because they do do everything they do, especially for going to church. You're, you know, you're doing the hair and the hairspray. What, and the what makeup. are you modeling yourself after? Yeah. Right. Well, it's hilarious because okay, so Ona Louise is actually my mom's name. Ah. Yeah. Mom carries. Oh yeah. my god. So I'm. Yeah. So she's the Southern Baptist. She's the Southern Baptist. Hi, mom. Um, Hi, mommy. So actually, when she visited New York years ago, like when I first moved here, we I took her to a gay bar in Williamsburg, back when Williamsburg had gay bars. And um, we went we were dancing at TNT and on the dance floor. And this guy like walks up to my mom and he's like, hey, she's like, hi. And he's like, you look great. She's like, thanks. And he's like, when are, you, when are you going on? When are you performing? And she's like, what? I can't hear you. And I had to like interject. And she's like, what was he saying? I'm like, oh, we thought you were a drag queen. Like, And then yeah. she started bawling. She was like crying her oh. eyes out. She's like, I'm no drag queen. Oh. Southern women just look like this. That's Which right. is the most draggiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, her saying that. So I was like. <laughs> I was, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, an, it's just an aesthetic. Yeah. It's just, it's. We all do drag. Like when you go on a date, when you go to church. I am doing drag wedding. right now. Yeah. This is my version of drag. I am still the woman you know in the sweatpants. I am. This is my, this is it. I have a friend, Chen, who like, who teases me. He's like, that, that's your gender expression that like I wear <laughs> like a beanie and like sweatpants. I mean, yeah. I'm like, that's not my gender expression. That's just like who I 
Is that my gender I mean, expression? It could, it it's just what, my expression. It, would, it could be whatever you want it to be. And it can change on a daily basis. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. I was actually watching some of the videos on the Drag Story Hour Instagram, which yeah. are fantastic. And I was thinking like in the South, right, if we're like, we're, if we're like very gently and kindly teasing about, you know, Southern women sort of having this like aesthetic. Yeah. I really thought to myself, like, do these kids even... Like, do they even clock that this that, is a drag queen? Is and, so yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I really, there must be a huge difference in the reception here in New York oh, yeah. as opposed to um, all over the country. So yeah. if you could, you know, give me a. I, I mean, you know, it's like really, you know, this is rundown. like the a global capital in New York City. It's like a bubble. It's very liberal. And I mean, we've had some protests here for Story Hour, like in the West Village, which is crazy because that's so gay and it's like the gayest neighborhood ever. And it's like, why would there be a We're protest? Protesting you? Um, yeah, for Drag Story Hour in New York City. Why? People, this upsets a lot of people. I don't really know. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. like even then it's like you're going to be outnumbered in the West Village. I mean, you're like two blocks from the AIDS Memorial, like. You're outside the Stonewall. Yeah, you're outside the LGBT center protesting like you're gonna be outnumbered anyway. Um, but you know, it's different because, you know, I'm just a white drag queen in New York City, but we have lots of like black trans women that do drag for us in North Carolina or Tennessee, where drag is outlawed right now, or even in Texas or Florida. So outlawed. Drag is outlawed. Drag is outlawed in Tennessee. What does that mean? Um, that you um will be a felon if you're caught doing drag in a public setting um yeah it's very there's lots of anti-drag bills and laws coming out right now it's like a really terrifying thing um i mean yeah. you just said tennessee and i'm like we're recording days after a shooting in yeah. tennessee my whole body is like really no it it's, it's really it's the what we're um putting our attention on it's so it's pretty sad. sickening because the media really goes after like oh well like the shooter was a you know a trans person and it's like yeah like that's disheartening to know yeah but also i'm more disheartened that that person regardless of them are able to get guns in the first place to take to do whatever they want with those guns so it's less about the people who are doing it and more about the access yeah. to weapons and guns and it's just crazy but maybe that's a little off topic but yeah it's funny uh, it's not funny it's actually not funny at all <laughs> um but people do but but people are often saying like you're outlawing drag queens like we have access to guns and shooting up schools like wow yeah so it does feel like it's um related you know yeah. where, where are our priorities it's so really? insane and like tennessee is one of the states one of the last states where you can't change your gender marker on your driver's license so what happens if you're a trans woman getting pulled over for like speeding or something a cop could potentially say you're in drag and now you're a sex offender felon for six years a sex offender yeah isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? Well, I just don't see the connection between dressing up in drag and being a sex offender. Well, the thing is, it's not really about drag. It's not really about reading the kids. It's not about protecting children. It's about legislating 
trans and queer people out of existence and attacking drag performers is like the entry point to attack trans people and we saw a really a really like intense start of that when Roe versus Wade was overturned and that was really like the floodgates opening for you know the far right chipping away at our rights as a community and it's all connected and the important thing to remember is we have to include the most marginalized voices um, because when we lift them up, it lifts all of us up. Yes, it yeah. does. So um, that's my soapbox. I love your soapbox so much. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, it, it's it's kind of, it's harder to find queer joy nowadays. Is it? Yeah. because You don't feel happy? I'm so girl. happy. I'm the happiest I'm, no. I've been. <laughs> um, but in general, yeah, it's hard like, to find it's, queer joy? It's just harder because then, you know, the worst thing I thought I had to think about for a drag show was my hairline or my mm. wig line, not a, which is really important. Yeah, thing. but not an active shooter contingency safety um, plan. <laughs> like, and you have to yeah, think about that. We're we're thinking about um, for Story Hour, stop the bleed training, CPR trainings, street medicine, active shooter, and de-escalation training for everybody. You got to be prepared for anything. Because people are violent towards you. Yeah. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had people storm our events. We've had like organized white supremacy groups storm our story hours, bring guns, either concealed or open carry to events around the country. It's really wild. Can I ask why it's so important to you to continue to dress in drag if it's a life or death experience? I mean, drag is art. And if you try to outlaw art, what are you going to do next? And there was a really important historical figure that tried to wipe out people and art and expression. So if we don't look at history and remind ourselves the timeline and outline of what could happen to people, history can repeat itself. Mm. And I've had to suppress so much of myself before and I don't want to have to do that again. Like, it's a means to no end. Like, what's... They're not going to stop at drag. They're going to target trans people. Or what about interracial marriage? Or gay marriage? Won't stop. So. Hmm. So you're out here to fighting the good fight. Yeah! No rest for the wicked, baby. I'm wondering if you could read us a book. Would that be crazy? Oh my god, it's not crazy. What what did I bring? I'll do an excerpt. I haven't read these books yet, but um Yeah, no, it's interesting because um Oh, this is about brushing your teeth. This is great. Oh, I might need that. Yeah, same. Uh oh, enamel <laughs> the camel, enamel, like enamel on your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. By whom? Okay, so this book is Enamel the Camel written by Dr. Mike Keen and illustrated, that means the person that drew the pictures, Rick Elias. I'll do a little excerpt. Okay. There was a time long ago when camels never ever brushed their teeth. Ew. They didn't need to. None of them ever smiled. Oh no. That is a sad world. Except enamel who lived with their parents and Camelot <laughs> on one hump lane. Love it. 
Just like the other camels, they knew enamel had one hump, two toes on each foot, and a hairy coat. So I'm guessing that's enamel, and this is their family on one hump lane. I'm assuming enamel is gonna brush their teeth because they smile. That's where yeah, this book is we, headed. It's so important to smile. Mm, yeah. So I, the biggest thing about the reading the books is that so many times in books, gender is put on characters or objects don't need to be gendered. Like it's a camel, right? Like unless the camel being a he is important to the story, we really try to keep the language like gender neutral as possible. So anyone reading the book can kind of see themselves in the character. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we we kind of, with Story Hour, we walk our storytellers like through the books and kind of do like trainings and like, how can we ask questions to the kids? And, like, what's the message of the book? And um, yeah, it's like really fun. Um, Why yeah. is it important to you to work with kids? I mean, I was these kids, you know, going, you know, um, and I was not supported. I was in gay conversion therapy and was brought up in the church and I didn't have supportive parents and was told, no, I couldn't do things for so long. Mm. And look at the work I'm doing now. Imagine if I was supported as a child or could see myself in someone who's reading a book or see myself in characters in books. Mm. I could be like the president by now. You really could. Yeah. You really so, could. And that's, I mean, you know, my experience obviously is different than other people that do drag, but I do feel like that's a really common thread is when you're a kid, it's important to be supported. And mm. I think adults push a lot of our weird issues on stuff where kids aren't even thinking about that. What do you mean? Just because like a kid wants to express themselves or throw on a different outfit or play with different toys it's just like anything else. It's like I was brought up in a Christian home by two heterosexuals and watched heterosexual love scenes in movies my whole life. And, right. you know, I was forced to certain gender indoctrination my entire life. But I'm gay as hell. So <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't, you know, didn't make me straight. So. Right. Um, oh, right. Tell me more about that. Right. Yeah. So the fear of um, indoctrinating children. Yeah. It already happens. You, it, it happens. It happened to you. You were indoctrinated and it didn't change your sexual orientation. No, I mean, like, you know, you know, we're all kind of we're raised in like a heterosexual patriarchal world. And if the thing is, oh, you're indoctrinating children, like and children are already being indoctrinated into heterosexuality from the get go with, you know, your gender reveal party and all the stuff i mean like straight people are obsessed with gender they're obsessed with genitals <laughs> it's they're the ones that are obsessed with it not right, us right. so it's just interesting how the script is flipped it flipped the script is flipped yeah yeah well i mean uh the obsession with gender is playing out now yeah from the you know straight yeah perspective like white that obsession men are so obsessed with drag queens it's hilarious what do you mean there's like like the proud boys that are against us and proud boys yeah and they secretly come to our events and act like they're they'll take photos with us they'll order drinks they'll take videos to like do like um um research on us and it's like if you just want to go to a drag show babe you can i'm not going to tell anyone if you just want to like 
dip your toes in like gay culture, you're allowed to explore. You don't have to pretend you're trying to like, you know, bring info back to your boys or something. It's yeah. fine. Don't be scared. Um, yeah. Wow. Know. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, it's I mean, like I'm deep. I'm deep in all this because I it's from just the work I do. But um, yeah, I mean, queer people are really targeted right now and trans people are super targeted. And I just think it's just a lot of internalized homophobia and transphobia. Internalized. Yeah. Like they're people just, who are already who are homophobic and hate themselves. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I feel like a lot of these people are the bullies that were in middle school and high school and college. It's the same people with an iPhone and with right. Twitter. So, you know, how do we keep you safe? Um, give us all your money. Ah, no. um, okay. <laughs> I think I don't know. There's like great ways to be good allies. I think it's important raising a next generation of people that are not racist like raising an anti-racist um new generation and not having them be transphobic or homophobic is really important and being really involved in your kids life in your community like joining the pta joining the school you know council and really getting into um like uh your town hall meetings and really being a part of that um, legislation that's happening at a very low level is where it all starts. Being really involved in, in your kids' schools is important. And staying up for, like, book banning and what's being taught is really important. Mm. Yeah. Cause and in terms of, like, the laws that are being passed? It's really, I mean, like, Florida's, like, wild right now with the don't say gay bills and anti-trans and anti-drag bills and it's wild. Um, you like a, a kid could sue a trans person for being in the bathroom for like mental um, like trauma right now is up for a bill. <laughs> like it's just like insane what what's happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's the corset. Um, it's the corset. Yeah. It's that is insane. It you, is. It's a crazy world. Mm -hmm. how, how do we stop it? Um, do, you, do you have, you don't have all the answers? <laughs> <laughs> all of them? All of them. I know okay. everything. I know it's just, it's just like, you know, I think obviously voting is important, but I think being a good ally is not being performative about it and like doing things when people aren't around to congratulate you for being a good person. If mm -hmm. someone says something homophobic or transphobic when no one else is around and correcting them is really important mm -hmm. or you know just teaching your kids um the right things to do i don't know you know i don't know that my kids have ever really interacted with a drag queen or or a trans person yeah i'm sure a trans person at some point in brooklyn right like i i'm maybe yeah I, I mean, there I didn't notice or I don't know, but I haven't clocked any of that. And that's important. That interaction yeah. is important. But but parents would have to be proactive about that. That's why the drag story hour exists. Yeah, it's if for a place to be proactive about that input in a child's life. You know, these people exist. They're happy. They're fun. They're cute. They love you. They love the books that you love to read. And like the thing about drag is like, 
we're not asking you to like maybe like maybe outside of story hour just in general it's like you don't have to like drag drag sure, culture right? like but it's, like you don't need you don't to, to like jazz yeah i you know i'm not the biggest r&b rap person i'm not i don't want to ban it i'm not going to go outside of a you know a club or something and like burn it down it's just like i i don't like rap music i'm not going to go to a dj that plays rap i'm not going to try to ban it or like vote against it it's just so silly it's like we're a totally optional program and we're for people who want to have safe spaces in a queer space and a queer space means everyone is welcome like queer is like everybody is welcome and it's going to be safe for everybody so mm. a queer space is for everyone yeah well that's kind of loaded i guess queer space as in like story hour is a is a very open space it's open for everybody yeah i mean it seems so benign guys yeah that's what that's what's boggling my mind it's like you're just reading a book in a really cute costume like yeah. my daughter would go nuts and she would be so ha happy and like we've been in the new york city public library for seven years now if anything nefarious was happening do you think the library would let an official program be doing something weird you know what i mean why would anything nefarious be happening i mean that's the whole debate is that we're like people equate drag to like stripping and adult entertainment oh yeah. okay and originally the drag art form was for i mean it is adults. i mean like not for story hour but drag is art and art can be consumed by any age group demographic demographic yeah. so you know, with art, it's like, yeah, some actors will be in an R-rated movie and a love scene, but will also voice over a Pixar film. Totally. And no one is getting upset about that. But I think because drag has roots in the queer community is where the issue is. But what's so interesting to me is that, like, you know, I do Shakespeare, right? It's only, like, the past few hundred years that um, women could step on stage and yeah. play those Shakespearean roles. Yeah. Men were dressed in drag for a very long time. Yeah. and in Playing lovers. You know, Romeo and Juliet, those were two guys. What Juliet was just dressed up like a gal. Yeah. And, like, in ancient Greece, like, if you were seen wearing pants, that was a sign that you were, like, not like royalty or not wealthy and like you weren't like um men always wore dresses that was a sign of like um upper class and like uh respect mm. wearing pants was like for the like the working class or like oh like you're you know you're not fabulous you're not a man mm. you're not in a dress so <laughs> i don't know it's silly it's not really this earring loves to pop off um <laughs> like me um but it's it's not about drag. It's about restricting rights. It's about it's about trans misogyny. It's about trying to control women. It's about a lot of things. And it's not about drag. How is it about trans misogyny and controlling women? Just it, to just to pull the thread because it makes so much. It's so clear to you, and it makes so much sense. But like to the listener, hi listener, thanks for listening. You know, like let's let's like spell it out. Yeah, I mean, it is control and power, and self hatred. And hating anything feminine and needing needing the control to control people that aren't like you and um this is like so much pressure i need to like think about this while i grab my coffee um 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> <sighs> how is this? This is a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> how much time do we have left? Um, <laughs> I don't mean to torture you. It just really comes down to hatred of women and femininity in general mm-hmm. and who displays those attributes. Thank you for laying it out. Like yeah. Because that's so true. I really uh, appreciate. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and because it's it's upsetting on a lot of levels, but truly the feminine is is just um, has been eradicated day after day for millennia. Yeah, and when men tap into their femininity on subtle levels and not subtle levels, yeah, it is infuriating to the wounded masculine yeah it is infuriated i'm not allowed to be i'm not allowed to be self-expressed yeah i'm I'm not allowed to be (laughs) in touch with all parts of me yeah i mean when i first moved to new york city i was living in bed-stuy in 2009 and i would see really effeminate six years before you were born yeah (laughs) i'm I'm a a magical being a unicorn um (laughs) I would see like effeminate gay men walking around the streets and I, it would piss me off. I hated it. I hate I hated seeing men in skirts or dresses or painted nails. And why? And because I it was I had internalized homophobia and I was scared of the parts that I was attracted to the most. And now you can see me even when I met you, I think I was wearing all women's clothing, maybe even a skirt when we did our photo shoot together. So like now. I mean, it was a very cool outfit. It wasn't like just a skirt. It was like, a, no. it, it was like this, but. It was giving like gay pirate. It was giving gay pirate, but also like it was super masculine and all. It was like, it was art. It yeah. was art in fashion and very different from this look today. Yeah. And that's the greatest thing is just switching it up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think sometimes we're scared of the parts of ourselves that we're attracted to the most, you know? Or the parts that are that are repressed and dying to get out. Yeah. And just because you want to do something doesn't mean anything else is tied to it. If you do want to paint your nails or wear different types of clothes, it doesn't mean anything other than expression. Gender and sex are totally different things. So however you want to express yourself can be free of sex. Mm. And a lot of people conflate sex and gender and that's where the uproar is with drag is they think it's like sexuality, which they are like intersectional, but like this is all gender presentation and kids are exposed and, you know, quotes exposed to gender every day of their life and they walk out the door. Right. So this is just another perspective of what gender is in the world. Right. It's a, it's a perspective on gender. That's, that's the reality, but the implication and the fear is that it's about sex and that and sex is scary and unholy and these are all things that have to do with religion religious indoctrination, which we live in a country that's supposed to It's a big moral panic those, always. Those two things. Track is like anything else, and us reading the kids is like every educator, every teacher, every librarian has a life outside of working with kids mm-hmm. it's nothing different we don't do anything appropriate or inappropriate that in front of kids and we have our own separate adult lives like everyone else in the world like their parents yeah like eat- who they live with for 24 hours a day yeah. seven days a week and 
Guess what? Parents, for 18 years. Parents have to have sex, sex to in have order to kids. have kids. It's just a part Consensual of consensual sex. Absolutely. Yeah. Sex nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. I um and that self-hate. I mean, if it's so um if it's about sex and it, uh the the self-hatred that literally all of us have sexual urges, you know, then it must be so uncomfortable to the, you know, religious powers that be. It Well, yeah. I mean, it goes right back to patriarchy. It's like these men can only view women as sexual things. That's why drag queens are always sexualized. It's like, can you only see a woman as a sexual thing and not as... Thank you. So that's the real issue. What so what what's fun for you about dressing up as a woman? Do do you I mean, those are beautiful shoes. Thank you. These are my running shoes. <laughs> you guys have to see them. They're like yeah. six inches and sparkly. They're fine. They're fun. Mary Jane's. Um drag is fun. I mean, people react differently. You know, like I see the world the same regardless of what I'm wearing, but when people look at me, they see something different. So that's a cool thing, is that um you get different energy from people the way you act and dress. And this pulls out a more exciting thing in people. Which means that it would pull out a more exciting thing in children. Yeah. Which is like, who doesn't want that for their kids? Yeah. And with the world being a burning dumpster fire that it is, I think kids need as much joy and fun and self-expression and creativity as possible. Mm. Because we get fed so much negative stuff all the time. Mm. and But so do their parents, right? Like, yeah. if you're going to go to a, a drag story hour, you as a parent get to experience, wow, self-expression and joy. You get to see a free drag permission. show for yourself. I it's know. fun. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. For the vo- those of us who are little tie-tie. Yeah, always tie-tie. So you're just going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, I mean, we're expanding and growing our organization, and we're going to be really busy for Pride. We are going to be the um, Grand Marshals of the San Francisco Pride, which will be really exciting. So we'll be leading the San Francisco Pride March. Um, Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. It's not publicly out now, but I'm sure when this episode lands, yeah, we'll be out and proud about it, but... Congratulations. Yeah, it's super fun. And you were just in South by Southwest also, right? Yeah, we we were a featured session at South by Southwest this past year. And we just got a um, special recognition award from GLAAD um, for our organization. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's super great to be seen as a leader in the community. And we know we're doing something right with the support that we're getting in community which wraps right back into chosen family. So finding your tribe, sticking Mm. with them. Gay rights. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Um, Where can we find you? Um, Well, right here. I'm, where are we? Canal Street? No. Mm. Um, um, Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. Because you're not going anywhere in those. No, I mean, mean, maybe. I mean, you can find us on Instagram at Drag Story Hour. And if you're younger, TikTok. Track story hour. Mm-hmm. And what about you personally? Is that not you're not into it? No, yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram at ona.louise, um, but not on TikTok. She's not a TikTok girly. Okay. She's she's a little too she's still too old for that TikTok life. 
I I don't know. I think I think you do well. On Maybe. TikTok. Um. That said, would you would you just read a little bit of B is for bagel? B is for bagel. And then we can say adios to our great beloveds. This is for you, listeners. First, wait. Is this the recipe part? No. Yeah. First, knead the yeast in water and the flour, but not too much. Just push and pull the dough until it's silky to the touch. Now let it rest and watch as it is, grows before your eyes. Bit by bit, it rises till it doubles in size. Roll out snakes of dough and make some large and squishy rings or roll a ball and poke a hole, either of those things. I gotta get my rhyming down. Splish goes the water that is boiling in the pot. Splash goes the bagels. Watch out, it's very hot. Um, remove them from the water, then sprinkle each with seeds or another choice of flavoring you think your bagel needs. How do you like your bagels? I like a plain bagel or a sesame oh. with cream cheese and lox and as many vegetables as you can fit in okay. there. Well, obviously, <laughs> rainbow bagel, right? Just for you? You like no, the rainbow bagel? No, I mean, I never taste it. And what are they for t- the kids. It's fine. I'm... Talk about sacrilegious. I probably am really gross. You don't want to know my order. I want to know your order really badly. I feel like I do an... Like a blueberry bagel? Well, I do do like an onion bagel. Oh, okay. Toasted. Toasted. Okay. With like scallion cream cheese. Oh, that's delicious. And then tomato bacon. What's tomato bacon? No, tomato and bacon. And bacon. Oh, now you went there. And like. Now you lost me. I basically just make it like a bacon, egg, and cheese, but on a bagel. Oh, all right. Well, um, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Ona Louise. Likewise. Thank you so much. Your oh, yeah, mom we, must be we, so proud. We haven't met. I mean, Ona, Ona has no, not. I know exactly what yeah. you meant. No, we have not met. Yeah. No, I, we haven't so met. And I am. Just in in absolute awe and reverence of your beauty inside and out. Oh, thank, thank you. you for your bravery, for your uh, for your artistry, oh, well, thank and you. for your advocacy. Thank you for having Ona. me. Thank you. Drag on. Drag on, baby. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time, every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right, have a great day.